Greetings, this is the Older Brother Podcast. And as always, as always, you think you have it down. You think it's working. You've done it before. Once, twice, three times a maybe. And then the audio doesn't work. Then it doesn't work. Uh, and I have no idea if we are even live right now. We're going to be joined by the mighty Chad Elkins and some other people. Who's on now? Florian, how are you? Can you hear me all right? Uh, yes, I can. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. All right. I had to, I had to unplug my regular speakers to get this to work. And it was it was like Star Wars right before. Yeah, you got to get you got to get the torpedoes off at the last second because I was procrastinating. I should just know to start these live streams 10 minutes before the actual start time. And Chad, Chad Alkins, are you there? I am here. What's happening? Are we live? We are live. Very professional. Have you guys ever met Florian? You ever meet Chad? Chad, do you ever meet Florian? No, I don't think so. But I, I enjoyed your um, uh, when you gave some advice on on uh, asshole consulting here and there. That was good. Oh well, thanks. Where you, where do you live, Florian? Uh, I live in um, <laughs> I live in I live in New Jersey, and our lovely our lovely governor may just may just be the finest straw that drives me out of the state. What? Well, the fat guy. I don't know. Well, he was actually the German ambassador. The, the fat guy is gone, you know, that like Christie, you mean? Oh, he's gone? Yeah, we have the guy is Murphy, and it's all is a Democrat, and he was ambassador to Germany, and he somehow picked up that uh, uh, that that high taxes are a cool thing to implement. So that's New Jersey now. Well, I'm surprised Jersey even had Chris Christie there for a while. I mean, they and he was what? He wasn't just a one-termer. He was there two, three terms? Yeah, I think, two, I think they're term limited here for two terms. But who two terms he served? Well, well, they're back to regular basics now. What uh, what is he doing now? It's going to drive you out of the state. Well, Murphy is the, he's he's uh, he's raising taxes on a whole host of different things. You know, it's like uh, like we need to pay for the debt, and that Democrat always like to do that with raising more taxes. Like, uh, okay, goodbye. Well, how, why, why are you there, like, anyway, to begin with? Is it, like, your career? I know you're an academic, but, yeah. and I don't want to identify your specific career or anything like that, but are you really anchored there? Why can't you just split town and go somewhere else? Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just inertia. I have to admit that. Inertia will kill you. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's actually not really anything that keeps me in that state. Um, it's just, uh, it just takes me a little bit of time, but, but I'll, I'll do that by the end of the year. Yeah, I was talking to Dr. Uh, David Perodin. Um, him and I are both from the same area, Milwaukee. The same, same as Ann, who's on, on air, by the way. It's that southeast area of Wisconsin. And we were talking, because I, I wrote in Reconnaissance Man, that my mistake of attending the University of Minnesota, because it had reciprocity, and it was you know away from home and all that, that has anchored me here unintentionally for a quarter century. I'm now a quarter century in Minnesota uh, simply because I made that choice back when I was 17, 16 to go to, go to college here. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll just build roots uh, for survival purposes. And also you get your, your social network, your romantic network, whatever else. And then you're stuck in a shitty state like Jersey or Minnesota. Yeah. That's probably, that describes it pretty well. Yeah. Of course you always build roots. Yes. 
and uh, um, definitely. But you know, I mean, I came from Germany, so I'm confident I'll I'll, I'll be able to make roots someone somewhere else also. But you know what? You know, there's a, it's just like this lure of the, like a big city. You think it's like a big waterfall, and there's like big potential money to be made, right? So you think it's like there's like lots of opportunities if you live close to the city. But if you think about it, unless you really earn like two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year, you cannot really you can. I mean, the fun you can have in a big city like New York, if you're not earning a lot of money, is the same fun you can have in any other city around the, around uh, around the U.S. Right? So actually, the the best strategy for if you want to live in New York or an environment uh, like surroundings is probably you know, to, to make the money you need to, to live around here really nicely uh, somewhere else and then and then come here for retirement or something like that. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't make much sense. I'm here initially because my, my university was here, but there's no real reason that keeps me here. That's right. Well, Chad, well, Chad you're, you're, you're my you're favorite. favorite uh, uh, wait, who's got echo on? Turn him off. This isn't the Beckloff. This is not. This is not the Beckloff. We got pros here. This is not Bernard Chapin. We don't have echoes or crying kids in the background. That's. <laughs> but Chad, you were you're over in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. I loved it down there. And you're are you still there? Or are you like jettisoning to some other leftist shithole? <laughs> I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. I, yeah. I was. I was. I was going to move, but that. Did, I was going to move to New York, but that didn't work out. Um. I actually find that I can, I really like to walk around so I can have a lot more fun in a more like architecturally cool city like Chicago or New York than I could when I was back in Wisconsin. So, I mean, that doesn't cost anything. Are, are you saying the architecture of Wisconsin is not on par with Chicago or New York? Okay. Well, the Mars cheese castle, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And the Wisconsin Dells, you can't touch that. Oh my God, no, you can't. Oh, <laughs> and Fond du Lac, who can forget Fond du Lac and West Bend? I only, I only been to Madison for like uh, for like a couple conferences. That's a beautiful town, actually. But oh, but talk about a leftist shithole. Oh my God. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 when I first moved to to Madison from a small town in Wisconsin, it was it was Christmas. When I was working at this shithole rag of a leftist newspaper, and one of the girls I worked with there, she was from the East Coast. Her dad owned, like, half of New Jersey. And she comes up to me, and she's about to leave to go for Christmas break, and she goes, I really wish that I could go home with you, Anne. And I was like, why is that? And she's like, because I've always wanted to know what a white trash Christmas was like. Oh. <laughs> this, is a, this is a communist. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's amazing how communists are derived from rich parents. Yeah, isn't that funny? And they always hate poor people. It's 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 wacky. Don't forget they hate minorities too. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I actually actually um I had a I had a um, girlfriend once and she actually owned an apartment in New York, in New York and um um she was like very liberal but all of a sudden all that liberalness was gone when they were planning to place like a low-cost housing like a few few blocks few blocks <laughs> I, I love black people but don't put any of them next to me okay exactly exactly yeah well well they, the i just had a uh client who i made to do the thing on environmentalism and it's the same thing where 
oh yeah, I'm for the environment, this and that. Yeah, but did you caulk your house? Did you do you have a fuel efficient car? Do you bike? Do you walk? And that's that's just what pisses me off is their hypocrisy. Yeah. And their arrogance that comes with it. Like, oh, I'm this great person. What, simply because you espouse beliefs? Because yeah. you, you said the right thing? And then the condescension they have uh, when it actually comes to hang out with mere mortals like us. Or, oh, you drive this car? Well, I have. It's like, well, wait, I thought you were like all environmentalist and everything. And here you are driving this SUV. And it, I, because even, even up until recently, I thought, okay, maybe these people are. Like if you go through the the South Minneapolis, which is kind of the hipster area, and you see all the appropriate bumper stickers and all the appropriate uh, yard signs, you think, oh, these are kind of uh, lower middle income, uh, even poor, you know, like, and they probably walk the walk and talk to, oh, fuck no, fuck no. They they got drafty houses, they'll they'll leave the heat on or the air conditioner on, uh, it's, it's, shocking what few percentage of communists actually care about the poor or uh, environmentalists care about the environment or activists care about whatever they're activizing about. And I just, I, I, I thought I couldn't hate these people anymore. And, and it's like, Oh, here's a whole new well of hate that I can, I can draw. From <laughs> I love, I love it when they have three kids, but they use recycled diapers. So the fucking mountain of garbage that these kids that they popped out really isn't all that bad. Wait, the they use recycled diapers yeah, or non-recycled? They, they use recycled diapers, so it's okay that they're generating the mountain of garbage that this kid is going to generate over a lifetime. Like, well, I use I'm 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 an ecologically sound parent because I use recycled diapers, and my SUV is fuel efficient. Well, yeah, fuck you. I don't have kids. How's that? I yeah. <laughs> rock over scissors. What I. And the thing is, people like that, their kids are going to rebel. So your your kid that you're putting the recycled diapers on is going to be driving an SUV and eating steak. Uh, I don't know. I I could see that like more coming out of a religious, even though religion and ideology are somewhat the same. Um, but I've just seen it where, heck, again, not to keep bringing up clients, but I had Two asshole, or not asshole, two uh, clary tests I had to do. And they both hailed from leftist parents. And surprise, surprise, these kids went on to become leftist retards themselves. <laughs> I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to think, yeah, Gen Z is going to rebel against the social justice warriorism. And you're going to rebel against your parents. And if there's anything that could be said about Gen Z and later is that the kids did not rebel. They lined up and sucked the cock of their teachers and the leftist propaganda they told them. And they regurgitate the exact slop that they're told to. Oh, yeah. I, the, the kids I work with, I work with college kids, and they have these horrible fucking overbearing millennial TAs. You know, millennials are now TAs and college professors. And just the shit they have this, these kids do is just fucking ridiculous. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, this is good. This sounds nice. Wait, what are they having them do? Are we talking like intro classes or these, you know, 5,000 level classes or what? Well, a, a lot of intro classes, like English classes, they don't, they don't study English literature anymore because it's, it's all dead white European males. So they'll do shit like write essays about like something that's oppressive in their environment. Doesn't it like, get tiring after a while? I mean, this has been going on what, 20 years? That's probably why they hire me to do it. Well, wait, what do you do? Come in there and tell them to write the same leftist slop? 
I, I have to like generate the fake leftist slot for them because they're actually either so illiterate or so um, bored of it that they're willing to pay their parents money to have someone else do it for them. Wait. Oh, okay. Hang on. Never mind. All right. I, you're working academic composition. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were actually working in academia and oh, it's God. so bad that they had to hire you as like an assistant adjunct to do the work of the professor. Oh God, no. I was, I was a TA for one year because I thought I wanted to get my, get my master's in classics because that's something interesting to know. But even even in even in stuff like classics, like it's it's all about the other and sociology. Like I, I don't want to learn sociology. I don't want to I don't want to hold these kids hand like in, in in intro classes. When I was a T.A., kids would come into my office that I'd never seen before, begging me to give them a passing grade, even though they'd never been to the class, never taken a test. <laughs> One of them actually had the nerve to show up in my office to beg for a B in her bunny slippers. The B. B bunny slippers. Yeah, she didn't bother to put on shoes. She wanted a B. I'd never seen her face before, and it was the last week of class. And she didn't bother to put on fucking shoes. Yeah, I can I can confirm. Not um like like the types of as what Anne said, just about the types of essays she has to write and probably also the Kind of, I never was a TA myself, but um, yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm at the same company as Anne is, right? And um, and uh, I can absolutely imagine that some kids are just you know they don't care about anything, right? But then they still expect to get a great grade. Yeah, I, I, not not to defend what they're doing morally, and I don't care morally or ethically because that's that's a long gone move past the point thing. Um, but I, I could kind of understand if they're forced to write worthless slop, that's all politics all the time on topics that should be apolitical. Right. Uh, I, I can't really forgive them for not wanting to show up for class and then and then like, ah, I'll get the C. But to show up in bunny it's almost like they, they deserve what they get. Like this is all equilibrium uh, equilibriuming out. And I but I'm still just I'm still just a. I have to go back to my newly discovered well of hate. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have a lot. I'd have a lot more respect for them if they would like actually rebel. But they just do all this passive aggressive shit. Well, by the time they get there, Florin, were you ever like? I mean, you have a doctorate or you have an advanced degree. Did you ever teach in academia or no? Yeah, I taught here and there. Um, I was always lucky enough, though, to be not in the institution. Not like I was. I was more working at research institutes that didn't really have a, a lot of teaching. So I was in the lucky situation to have to have um, students shadowing me, right? So I was working in the lab, and it was they had the little project, and I would help them. And um, but also there, some some uh, you know some students were really bright and really motivated to to really succeed. And some others were just like a mix between brain dead and unable to do the work. One of them just started like, one of them was not able to do any good work, um, but then he, he started crying in front of me. So he, he broke down and, and started crying, the poor guy. And, and I thought, what the hell, man? Tell me this is like within the past couple of years. Don't tell me this was 10 years ago. Oh, it was actually, um, it was, I think it was 2011, 2012. 
then the guy, yeah, the guy came from Spain, was an exchange student, and he loved, loved um, the guy who wrote um, um, who wrote this, uh, oh, the big show on, on HBO, um, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, he, he was there the whole afternoon when George Martin came to town and did a, did a comic book, or like a, or like a book, sing, book signing. That was like, that was like, simply all his dream was to go to New York to meet J.R.R. Martin. But then he wasn't able to do a straight piece of work. It was really, it was really, yeah, it was something. And that was, yeah, 2012. What, what was he doing in biology? Well, that was his major, and 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 so that's what he that's what he wanted to that's what he wanted to major in, right? So so that interested him in the beginning, probably. And so he did a little bit of lab work, and they had some kind of like exchange, yeah. So where you have to go to the to like a foreign country, and then you you do a project for two or three months and we just didn't vet the guy enough before we took him on and yeah well you learn but uh, i'm trying to figure out how how do you you're ma you're majoring in biology and you cry because you go to a lab was that his first time ever looking at a bunsen burner or what <laughs> he, he, this wasn't some freshman kid who just left home for the first time this was a guy with a degree yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was in his. That was part of his diploma degree. So he was basically not having that diploma or, not, or his master's degree yet. Um, so, and um, he didn't have much experience in lab work. But you can you can realize when somebody really tries to do right, and when somebody somebody you know when somebody goes home when the work is just halfway done and and he doesn't put some effort in it, that's when I also like kind of give up. From inside, right? So that's when I when I lose my motivation to help people if if they don't if they don't put an effort in it as well. I mean, it's it's not you know working in the lab is a little bit like becoming a cook, right? So you have to you have to basically you have to be a little bit creative, and it's not it's not your standard textbook work, right? You have to find some solution. But as long as someone tries, and I had students that really tried to, to get it right, and 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 then I'm you know if I see if I see an overweight person. Who walks the moment they go into the gym i'm all sympathy for the people i'm it's mm -hmm. like that's great right but as soon as people give up on themselves then i can't really help much and it seems that students more and more think that the university has to provide everything and they didn't really have a hardship i can only guess when they grew up their parents probably gave them everything uh coincidentally some of those some of those uh, frack ups are actually coming from rich households as we discussed before and, uh, and yeah, and, and and then they never had any hardship, and then the <laughs> first roadblock, they start crying. Yeah, even even ten years ago, when I was a TA, I would have parents call me up angry about their kid's grade. Mm -hmm. like, oh. They somehow got my number, and they'd be calling me up in my office, and I'd be like, "How old is your child? Seven? Oh, he's twenty. <laughs> oh, okay." I remember I taught at two colleges economics just basic intro economics and um i concluded that it's one of two things is going to happen to most of these teachers quote quote professors and that is you actually not necessarily believe it but you know which side your bread is buttered on and you just continue on with with the game you put up the front yes it's marxism yes it's social whatever write this oh you're all winners you roll with the punches because you yourself have nothing else to do in life. Like you have no better employment prospects yourself. So you are this adjunct condemned to a life of hell, making your $18 an hour, whatever part-time. And then you're, you're blowing people in the back alley like they are now down in California with that article written by the guardian, which was great. 
which was hilarious because that's the actual real first token bit of GDP uh, that they've ever contributed to, to the real world. <laughs> but but that what it, but then the other one is where you just you you just give up like where you know, Florian was saying where if you're not incentivized like when these kids come in and they're not incentivized now I can understand if it's a an English composition class of which you've had to take 13 times over between middle school and college or all these completely unnecessary uh, prerequisites but here I am economics I try to make it very interesting economics is very interesting and and all humility and humbleness set aside. I'm a damn good instructor. I can make it very interesting. <clears throat> when I saw him, I, I told the story before, but I had out of 92 students, 89, just rank plagiarize, copy and paste from the world, uh, the CIA's world fact book. And I, you know, I said, this is not going to stand. This violates the principles, went to the, the Dean and the Dean let them pass and made me apologize. That's when you're like, Oh, Oh, I see what's going on. It's a scam and a wreck. And now this was when I was 27. So this is 14 years ago, 16 years ago. Did I do the math right? I don't remember. Well, you weren't there. I didn't know you 16 years ago. No, but, but I mean, I can't, I, at this point, I can't remember my if, current age. If you were stalking me and I didn't know about it 16 years ago, it's a little <laughs> creepy. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying like, I when, once you get past like 38, 39, I, I never know what age I am. People ask me how old I am, and I'm like, uh, what year is it? Yeah. But it, anyway, once once you realize that the kids don't care, the school's just there to rape these kids out of their money, then it's like, yeah, you know what? That's that's Okay, fine, fine, I'll do it. Yep, all right, whatever you want. And so the second place I taught, brilliant. If anyone out there is thinking about becoming a teacher, whether you're a professor or, or, or K through 12, one, don't. It's not worth it, especially if you're listening to this channel. Do not go. You got the talent and ability to do something. But if you insist, if you insist, do not try to help the kids. Do not try to educate them. It is a money-making operation for you. You go in there and it's and it's a it's a it's a hurdle. It's this unnecessary hurdle, especially if you're talking about prerequisites. Just pass the damn kids on, make it fun, make it easy. Get them the fuck out of there because there's absolutely no reason to hold any standards, ethics, or integrity when it comes to grading these kids. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I also realized that, and I can confirm what Aaron just said about uh, about college deans or college teachers, like from, from doing some some online classes where you consistently interact with the, with the professor, like most of them really don't care. You get like a standard answer. No matter how much you write, so just don't write, don't write much, and it's going to be fine. There's one professor, one history professor. I I I, I help a student. One history professor who was really, really, really tough. But the really, really toughness was just like he was making sure that you properly use the quotation formula. That was the really tough part, basically, right? So so it seems like nobody really cares at, at university anymore, and and so you, you wonder, like, that's just a passive. Um, Passive money-making operation. There's no, there's really no sense to it. You don't, you're not really incentivized to learn much either, unless you do a PhD, I guess. But, but even then, that's doubtful to me now. I must jump in here. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> have anybody, have any of you ever gone to an MBA program? Because everything you're talking about is about a hundred times worse in every aspect than that. I've done some kids MBA papers and yeah, they, 
It's it's just it's just the professor goes, okay, here's some information. They don't actually write papers. They say it's a paper, but the professor goes, here's some information. Here are the exact blanks that I want you to fill in. And I just want you to show me that you're enough of a good sheep to take the information and put it in the exact same place in the blank that I told you to put it and call it a paper. It is disgusting. Yeah. Well, you went to a, Chad, you went to like a real uh, MBA program. This wasn't Bob's MBA hut over at the strip mall next to the pizza hut. You went to a <laughs> reputable school. That's the thing. I'm convinced none of them are like, they're all bullshit. Just even these top sevens, you know, Harvard and all that, it's all just a bunch of group work and networking and cocktail parties and going to recruiting events and trying to get their career job placement numbers up as long with the GMAT scores. All this academic stuff is just getting in the way. Like it doesn't mean anything. So yeah, I don't think there are any legitimate MBA places. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'd, I'd concur because I got, now I have a quote degree in finance, but the fuck if they didn't make me take three quarters of my classes in HR, marketing, blah, 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 blah. And by the time I was a senior, I'm looking, I'm like, this is all common sense. And they're like, well, you could get an MBA if you if are at the Carlson <laughs> School. If you have an undergrad, then you only a year will take you to get your MBA and $75,000. And I'm looking at like the course material for the MBA just because there was an eight in front of the number of the class. I'm like, we already learned this crap. You know, it's, you know, it's bullshit when you are taught the exact same thing in a completely separate class than you were two other classes before. And that happened three times in my, in, in all the classes I taught. <laughs> so I can't imagine an MBA is, is anything going to be except, oh, you know, the same shit we talked, uh, talked about before. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? We doubled the price and now you put an M <laughs> in front of your fucking degree. Uh, Awful. I had to attend when I was there, it was 2009, between 2009 and 2011. So what happened uh, the year right before I got there? You had that financial crisis. Every single class was some stupid crap about ethics and how you have to be <laughs> a responsible business person, a responsible, you know, corporate social responsibility was that horrible buzzword that no one gives a fuck about. And um, oh my God. You know what you should let me do one time, Clary, is let me do some kind of guest video about why you should never, ever, ever get your MBA. <laughs> you could put one together right now. I'll throw it up on my website. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to want to plan this out and take notes. But man, this is like, I this needs to be emphasized more. Well, but here's, here's oh, go ahead, Florian. I'm no, sorry. Actually, actually, I just remembered, and that was something really, really cool. Um, some guy who had a website, and his name, he, got, he went by the name, Thumotic, T-H-U-M-O-T-I-C. He had a he had a blog post a few years ago, the alternative MBA, and he would basically outline a six month course where you would start to like you read some books, like real good books, and uh, and not not some useless crap that I get that get on college, and then you start going out talking to people, uh, you start coming up with a business idea, and it's like something like that that like everyone could do without going to university, and that was like. Uh, six months. That is probably the only MBA that that really, um, uh, you know, that really um, uh, brings you brings you some success or brings or or, or is useful to you um, after listening to Chad. But I don't. The alternative MBA, Tumotic, that was his name. 
Um, and it's probably still out there somewhere. But yeah, I mean, basically, you can, if you put a program together, you probably can do with some freelancing work and, and talking to some people and, you know, getting getting to know some more people, probably get a better business opportunities than after finishing an MBA. Don't you think? Well, an MBA, it was helpful for me because I still had to fulfill some courses in order to be able to sit for the CPA exam. So in that respect, I just needed to get some in there. But the only other people that really profited from this in my class and, you know, the class ahead of me were people that their companies were sponsoring them and they needed to get that MBA in order to progress, for lack of better words. So it's not like they were going into debt for this. And then a couple of other people um, got married there. They were looking for uh, husbands. So that benefited them. That doesn't happen, um, Chad. Women do not do that. Women are strong, independent, fish, bicycle, don't need no man trademark. Okay, now let, let's knock that propaganda <laughs> off right now. Yeah, oh, uh, it was amazing how that happened. Uh, I, I actually had a feminist steal my boyfriend once, and I was like, why did you take that other fish's bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Chad, let me, okay, when you went, do you have a master's in accountancy or an MBA? No, I've got an MBA. I just, I had, I had to concentrate in something because they make you. So I had to concentrate in finance. It was a big excuse to just take a bunch of accounting courses. So they didn't, they didn't offer a master's in accountancy. No, they did. But the thing is, if you were past a certain age or if you like didn't have, enough um accounting and your background or whatever in terms of undergrad you had to take more courses than they were going to let you take in a lot of these programs so i just went ahead and did the mba i knew i was gonna go have my own business someday so i thought the mba would help and that was a huge mistake because i basically paid all this money for tuition and didn't learn a damn thing so um yeah that sucks yeah that's a real racket yeah it's horrible i just for fun the other day i i checked what the tuition has gone up it's gone up like since i graduated in 2011 the annual tuition has gone up almost twenty thousand dollars what what percent is that like 30 percent increase uh about a 25 percent increase which makes sense you know about four to five percent per year so I mean, how this is going to continue, I have no idea. I don't know who can afford this anymore. I, I've explained it because I am a genius. Uh, and I say that joking, but no, uh, actually, I'm a fucking genius. Uh, I find because I, I was faced with the same problem. I'm like, how dumb do these kids have to be, or the parents have to be, or even the government or the media have to be to keep going when you're being asked, like, especially some of these prestigious, prestigious precious, let's call them, precious liberal arts colleges, and you're forking over a quarter million for a four-year diploma. And I finally realized that the economic nature of higher education is not uh, a, a degree or education or an investment in one's um, uh, uh, career. What it is, is it's a wedding. It, it is a, uh, an entitlement a birthright, because think about this, and this is why I have a little bit of sympathy for Gen Xers and millennials, but not a lot, is you are stuck in this goddamn prison called K through 12, especially if you're smart. 
There's nothing to do. You are not being challenged. You're, you're thrown in with the fucking apes and the morons and the ignoramuses. They play to the lowest common denominators. Your teachers are fucking dumber than shit. And your administrators are just really good teachers who are at what? Good at being dumber than shit. So these guys are the experts at being dumber than shit. And they're in charge of the other rank and profile normal dumber than shit people. So you cannot wait to get out of this. And what do they all propagate you with? It's always college, college this, college that. Oh my God, it changes in college. Let me ask you guys this. How many of your parents lied to you and told you it gets better in college? Uh, everyone did, but you know, th this is why I have somewhat limited sympathy for kids who go to college and they screw off because it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I bought into it. I went to college the first year. I had a, I had a full ride scholarship and I realized that it was a waste of my time and would have been a further waste of my money. If, if you know, cause I still had to pay room and board. Um, and so I started working a job and walked away. And when I decided that I actually knew what I wanted to study and I wanted a specific degree in something, I came back 10 years later and went to a college that was only $3,000 a year and learned what I wanted to learn and got out. So kids who stick around just because they've been told to do that and they're screwing around and they're wasting their time. I'm like, you know, there's a whole world out there. You can just leave. Right. Well, but see, that explains you, and you're a statistical freak of nature, a good statistical, loving statistical freak of nature, but you are, <laughs> and after all, a statistical freak of nature. Well, I'm trying to address this Chad's question, like, how long can it go on? I think it could go on forever. These kids, I would not doubt it if all of a sudden the average cost, because let's think about it. Could you guys imagine a degree that costs half a million dollars for four years? Jesus, no. No. I Yeah, but you know what? By the time we're 60, and then we can really do the... I'm an old man <laughs> in the kids. We can really do that really good without putting on a fake voice. I guarantee you, unless some kids start waking the fuck up and, you know, like Gen X wakes the fuck up and doesn't put their kids through this, you're going to see $300,000, $400,000 tuition bills for four-year programs. Now, of course, some of that is inflation, but that's just the way it's going to go. That's right. the way it's going to go. And it's because these kids do not care about cost benefit. They don't view it as it. They just want to get the fuck out of high school. And they and this then it's party time. Then it's freedom. And the the actual educational or career aspects and merits of getting a degree almost rank tertiary behind opposite sex, you know, chasing after girls, chasing after boys, and then party and freedom. Like so I don't even think they're thinking about some kind of cost benefit analysis. Would you believe me if I told you that's the same with an MBA program? Like people work for a few years and they see it as a way to like go back and just drink and party and really? Yeah. That's what I thought my program was like. And that's what they acted like. It was a whole immature bunch of people just trying to get drunk all the time. <laughs> well, did you, did you go straight from undergrad to uh, MBA program? No, I worked for several years, but right. I was older than the average student. Like most of the people there worked for like two years and decided, oh, I hate working. I'm going to go back to school and partay. And um, yeah. Well, can, I, can I mention where you went? Because I, I don't want to mention it and to, to get you. Yeah, in I mean, they can look it up anyway if anyone's really interested. You can say where I went. Was it Purdue or Northwestern? No, it was Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I had something that's it was over there by Lake Michigan somewhere. Someplace too expensive is really what you could have said. <laughs> well, but what I don't get is like they say, oh, Wharton, oh, Northwestern and, and Notre Dame. And, oh, prestigious. And then it's like, no, you're just a bunch of dude bros with your hats on backwards. <laughs> 
that's all it is. It's 80% male too. So yeah. you're, and, and if you're in the middle of nowhere town, you're miserable because you're stuck with townies or whatever in terms of people you might want to date because you don't want to go with any of your crazy ass female classmates because they're all insane. So. <laughs> oh my God. I can only imagine a careerist. I, I, oh, oh, don't get me. A girl with an MBA, I cannot imagine. I can't even. It's a deal breaker thing. for me. Honestly, if I ever come across one, it's like you have your MBA deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's also, it's also, I think people are brought up in a strange way, especially um, my generation or the generation before, um, and then may also be Chad's generation, that I, I had, like, for a while, I had, a, I had a Facebook friend, and she was more like a liberal, and she was coming from the vet, she had, like, a grant from the Veterans Administration, so she has been in the military, so points for her, really good, but then she wanted to become a writer, and she used her... BA grants to go to to take no. like English classes and no. you know what why don't you just why don't you just uh, start a blog with a little bit of an audience and you know you 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 um you, you you write something right you just just write blog posts maybe maybe like a little bit longer than normal or what you build up your audience and then by the time two or three years are passed you have a very good idea what your audience actually really wants and you can write geared towards that that's much better than just going to a program at university and then you know then still have to struggle to get somewhere uh, to get somewhere like with a with a uh, with a how you call it like book uh, like the guys who, who edit the books right so so um, and then you earn like ten percent of the total price that they sell the book for no do it by a blog and that's much better and and do some other job in between but no no to her it was important that there is a degree. That she's an officially certified writer because uh, she wasn't able to trust herself that she would be qualified herself just by virtue of having an audience that wants to read her stuff and and that's a weird that's a weird mindset people think no we can't uh, we can't uh, we can't do anything on our own it has to be officially has to be an official stamp of approval on it otherwise the society doesn't work and and i think that's very prevalent lately and and um to no small part in Overprotective parents, I'm sure, and also, and you know, basically, college tells them exactly what to do, what to say, and what not to say. You don't get free-thinking people that way. Yeah, you know what? I just caught myself thinking, Aaron. You're gonna laugh at me. I, I do on a daily basis. You just don't know about it. <laughs> so I was just thinking, like, college degrees are gonna get more and more expensive because everyone thinks they need to have one, or else they'll be digging a ditch. Not that there are any actual jobs digging ditches. Digging, digging ditches pays more than uh, Chad's ex-girlfriend makes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish I could keep. Uh, I wish I could add on to that. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's let's all be happy and be thankful you got out of the Death Star before it blew up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne. Go ahead. <laughs> but but I was thinking it's yeah, it's gonna be like quarter million, half a million for a degree, and people are finally gonna look around and realize, wait a minute, all these graduates aren't getting jobs. Maybe I should just go my own way. And then I was like, people aren't that smart. <laughs> well, Anne, let me what ask you this thinking? because. I have to ask you because you're the only girl we have, even though you're not a normal girl. Um, God bless. <laughs> uh, but what percentage, just this is old Claire Meister's eyes and ears and what he perceives, but are women placing value on, on degrees and education unto itself and not thinking about the consequences or why they're getting the degree? Like, 
I get in the very distinct impression that women like I have a master's period. And I'm supposed to say like, oh, wow, great. And now I'm supposed to confer respect upon you or take that, uh, be impressed by that. Is there like, just kind of like, oh yeah, you have your degree, you have this education. So now that's important. And now you've achieved your goal. Oh yeah. I think a lot of young women are actually, you know, they put up a good front as feminists, but they're actually very insecure. So they want to, like, like you said, they want to have that official stamp of I'm smart. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, you know, in a way, I mean, maybe they are insecure because their parents never let them fail. I was, I was shocked to find out how strict some of the, like, some of the parenting laws actually are now. Like, you, you can't let your kids walk to the park alone when they're like 10 years old. Mm. Like, how, how does anybody ever develop any confidence in themselves if they've always got to have an adult hanging around? Well, I'm not, I'm not even asking about insecurity or, or the underlying emotions of women. I've gave up, gave up on that quite some time ago. I'm just wondering the logical, cause you know, women are equal bang fist, uh, fish, bicycle, trademark. Uh, what's plan, you know, and I even plan B, it's not like you failed on plan A, all right. Plan A is to get a degree. And cause that, that plan ends at 25, 26, even if you get a master's 28, maybe if you take your time getting a doctorate. But then I see all well, this this hashtag women with degrees. That was the hashtag in in um, on on the Twitter. And this thing was like a me too. You know, well maybe not that popular, but they're all proud. And I'm graduating, and I'm graduating, and I'm graduating. Seriously, have they heard oh, yeah. the statistics? There are more women in college now than men. You're not fucking Rosa Parks. No, no, no. But, but what happens after like, and then a lot of them says, well, now undergrad school, I'm like, yes. And then what, like what, you know, there's gotta be an ultimate goal. When do you, you've been in school since five years old, hell three in some cases, cause your single mom didn't want to raise you and outsource you to daycare. When the fuck do you enter the real world? Or is it, or do, do women actually, some of them, not all of them, of course, do they actually think that that's it? I've won. And now what? Obama comes by on his flying unicorn and farts out money and it's the life of Julia. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if people actually think that far, like you said. And I, I think like, honestly, as you've said before, jobs now are so bad. Like they're so mindless. If you have any brain at all, you're going to be working for some imbecile inferior person. Like, I don't think people even want to think about the working world. I, th I think they do want to fantasize that like Obama on his unicorn is going to come down and, and fart you a million dollar a year blog or something. Yeah, maybe that's that a guy comes on a on a unicorn and uh, farts your ring uh, <laughs> and he's really rich and so you can basically make a little make a little business as Aaron suggested at one point. Uh, you talked about that women that have like rich rich uh, sugar daddy oh. start their own business. What's that called? Um, oh. Not coma, coma, K O H M A. Keep her off my ass, money. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Heard that. You know, Chad, I, do you ever hear that or no? In your bank? Do I hear of it? I got a ton of clients who do that. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was about to jump in with. Is what a lot of the women who get married end up doing. You know, with no job prospects, and then a lot of the women that don't get married, what they end up doing. Because I do a lot of the taxes. Um, 
The usual path is to be a bartender or a waitress somewhere while trying to quote, make it as an actress or musician when they're not working. And it fails 99 out of 100 times since I've been in this business. It never works out for them, ever. So these are the ones without uh, Daddy Warbucks, uh, Air, or not Daddy Warbucks, uh, Hubby Warbucks. These are the ones I actually got to work as a bartender or something else. Yeah, these are the millennials that um, I probably ought to be careful what I say in case they oh, find me. Here. No, that's that's all right. No, I mean it's you're, you're you're trying to help them out being realistic. I don't see why this is untowards. I mean you're you're trying to financially assess their best interests and 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 telling someone, hey, that's not going to pan out is is honest and good. Yeah, and I've tried to do that in some of my meetings with them the past few months, but they just kind of like. Um, I'll just say it kind of like my ex, they just, they hold on to these dreams for years, you know, thinking that they're going to get a big break and then it just, it's not going to happen. I mean, you have to give it up sometime. You know what I mean? Don't, yeah. Don't you I think the point is also that, and, and that's what I realized by doing it. Um, and, and what many others also in, in my field did when I was still working at university, you don't realize that if you start somewhere and you have the big dreams that you make it some, sometime, basically if you're 10 years, into uh, one field, then, you know, 10 years down the line, after my PhD and after my postdoc, I thought different about what is important <laughs> in my life than 10 years before. But in many fields, like especially if you want to go to join the pharmaceutical industry, there's a glut in PhDs out there. So you basically spend eight years um, to get a PhD. And it's risky because you don't know what happens. And you can be steadfast on the opinion you want to be a professor in science 10 years down the line you your outlook can have completely changed and that is something not many people realize well even those that do well in college and do everything everything right and have even good ideas you know um uh, 10 10 years is a long time and and um it's it's a pity that universities keep you that long and don't make it like quicker that you can you know that you can see if that's really something you want to do in a quicker amount of time. Yeah, Chad, I just realized you work in Chicago. So you're working with clients in Chicago who are waiting tables and thinking they're going to make it as actresses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Holy, holy shit. I mean, I, I know people in the Chicago small theater scene. And if they have any brain at all, they know they're not going to make it because this is fucking Chicago. You're not even in L.A. That's why I was going to ask, like, what what? acting industry is in Chicago. There, there are small theaters. There are storefront theaters where people throw money in a tip jar and you might get some if you're their favorite actor. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's the best part with some of this is that half of the ones I'm talking about ended up going to a very expensive undergrad here in the city, you know, like DePaul or Loyola or something, all for the explicit purpose of studying like drama or theater. So they're in debt and they figure they're going to find something, you know, in acting here. Damn. So they're kind of stuck here. And then the other half come from places like, like Pittsburgh or Buffalo. And they think coming to Chicago is like coming to the big city and that's going to get them an acting role. So I, I just don't know where they come up with these things. Damn. How do you, how do you not see now? This is where it's, I can't say it. Cause even I'm not that mean, how do you not know that it's LA first New York second, and then maybe, maybe, well, a Vegas would be a solid third, but then acting, you're looking at Branson, maybe Nashville, <laughs> and that's it. That, and it's a precipitous exponential drop. Like, if you don't get into Vegas, 
it may be Branson. You better like Missouri uh, or Missouri. I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you think? Yeah, now I'm going to move to Chicago. You got me, man. I mean, half of them are doing things like walking dogs on the side. Uh, let's see. One guy delivers Jimmy John's and he's still trying to be like the ultimate extra in every commercial or, you know, CSI Chicago or I, I don't even know. Um, God, what a waste, huh? Yeah. Damn. Well, that's uh, I don't know. I, I it, it makes me wonder and maybe not these kids. And again, this gets into the debate. Do you have sympathy you know these kids were not brought up in a vacuum it's a complete failure on the parents indoctrination and brainwashing from teachers and k through college big education but at the same time like okay chet here you are these guys in your nba class uh they go and they take on debts for a degree that's not going to be worth it by that time you are you are responsible for your own actions you got out of undergrad you've worked a couple of years now you're going to go do broda don't they deserve the hell Yes. And the debt that they incurred. Okay, that's what yes. I was thinking. No, do not have any sympathy for anybody who voluntarily uh, shit away all that money to get their MBA without some kind of plan in place. See, I had a plan in place, and a few others did too. Even some of the people that just wanted to go there and get married, you know, meet the right person. That's still a plan. It's the ones that went there and had no idea what they were trying to get out of it that are screwed. Even today, I graduated almost seven years ago, and there's still people that never recovered from that that were in my class. Damn. Yeah. Like they haven't paid off their debts, haven't gotten a career, haven't gotten the promotion or what? They, they all basically these... all of the above. Like they had to basically go back to the type of work they were doing before they got their MBA. Only now they have a hundred thousand dollars of debt to pay off. And some have moved back home. Some have um, basically been suffering. It, it's, it's just, uh, it's depressing. I mean, I want to, I want to talk about it. I just hope they don't find me because they'll know I'm talking about them. <laughs> what are they going to do? What? Look, you know what's great? Go to go to YouTube and search Carlson School of Management. You know what the number one video is? What's that? Well, you should never attend the Carlson School of Management. Guess by who? <laughs> I mean, I want I want these people to suffer. I want I want to warn people. What are they, and they can't rescind your degree. Wait, I mean, actually, hold on. I want to at least be fair about something, Aaron. Just real yeah. quick. Remember when I went there, it was just, it was like 2008 financial crisis had just happened. So a lot of people kind of got, they got laid off, they got screwed and they didn't know what else to do. So they were like, okay, we better go get our MBAs or something. So I have a small amount of sympathy for those types, but um, I, I don't know. They still didn't really recover all that well. Yeah, but they're not as smart as the people who paid thousands of dollars to go to the Second City acting workshop because, <laughs> because people 40 years ago got on Saturday Night Live from there. Yeah. That's <laughs> the, uh, that, I mean, what, what I don't understand is I'm coming from Germany, and in Germany you basically uh, don't have to pay any fee, any tuition. It's all free, right? So you can choose whatever you want. And, um, and I can see I didn't understand it there that people wanted to study economy if you could just go directly join a company and learn it there and earn money but what i don't understand is how do people spend like yeah two hundred fifty thousand dollars or more for a program if they don't have any plan you just go oh, i don't know what what else to do okay i'll i'll spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go to college is that their parents money or or how, what's the mindset behind it that's like this is not like just some ten dollars it's a it's a massive amount of money I think a lot of it, and Ann kind of alluded to it, they're just not thinking about it, but I know 
especially among my minority clients, and that they are not the individual clients, but they're usually talking about a, a sister or brother or somebody they care about. Um, a lot of the poorer college students look at college as a way to just continue surviving and specifically how they take student loans and they use student loans for living expenses. Whereas back in my day, that was expressly for tuition. And so what it is, is this postponement where you're living at home, uh, you're either living off of mommy and daddy or the government or a combination of both. You just don't have to work. And, you know, not to mention you have the complete indoctrination. You must go to college. So everyone scurries off to college. But, oh, by the way, here's this whopping $15,000 check for this semester's expenses. And it's just they don't think about it. Like the, the percentage of clients that I have who should know better, but still like I didn't know I'd have to pay it back. I'm like, what don't you understand at what? the age of 18? I don't care if you came from a horrible school, horrible school district. No, you must us know intuitively at some genetic Darwinistic level that if someone gave you 15 grand, there must be a cost or association or at minimum, you have to pay it back. And I think these people, you know, and let's, let's not just pick on people that come from the lower your social, uh, socioeconomic, uh, 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 cast or classes. Let's look at the spoiled pompous white assholes who've come from lily white suburbs. And then they go and they protest that to, to have their, uh, their student loans forgiven. <sighs> so I think, whether, whether you are spoiled because of government money that your parents collect or your parents have to have a lot of money and then you go off and you sign on the dotted line with these student loans, you just expect to be bailed out because you've never had to actually pay for something ever since you were a child. Right. Yeah, it's far too risky to, to think about, oh, somehow the government will bail me out or anything with that kind of money. But people probably, just as you said, they, don't, they, they think they need it as living expense and you're, you're, you're right, though. I think I think they probably figured Obama was going to forgive the loans, and if he didn't do it, Bernie was going to do it. I wish I wish they thought that. I don't even think it was that conscious. I really don't think it was that con. They they just thought oh, I like Obama because well, he seems to care about the guy, and Bernie says things that I like. If they're even paying attention, I think it was so rote rehearsal in their psychology that parents and the government and you know those guys pay for it and take care of it. And I've never starved before in the past 18 years. Why would I starve now? Oh, I sign on this dotted line. That's what I'm supposed to do. I think that's that's how sheepish and lemming-like uh, uh, the kids' kids, now they're in their 30s uh, today, who, who are all going to go to the eight-year graduation ceremony with Chad for Notre Dame at the NBA class of 2011. Yeah. Did we lose Chad? Is he on the shitter? Hey, Chad. No, sorry, guys. I got a quick call from a client. Um, what, what were you saying? Nothing. We're we're asking what your uh, what the reunion's going to be like for the uh, graduating class of Notre Dame of 2011. Are you going to go oh, attend think that? I or? ever want to see those fuckers again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many of them contact me on Facebook or LinkedIn looking for free tax advice? Like some of them are my clients, and you know they're my friends too. So I, they're great. But I get I got people that'll just. Just two weeks ago, some guy messages me who I haven't talked to since graduation. It's like, hey, been a long time, Chad. How are things? By the way, uh, I'm thinking of starting an LLC. Can you advise me this, 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 and this? <laughs> wow. Wow. And he All starts right. out by reminding you that he hasn't spoken to you in years. That's smart. I, did, I, I went on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, you know, so-and-so. Chaz. 
been a really long time. Um, good luck with the LLC. I hope it goes well. <laughs> Are any of them hot? Like, do you get any hot girls? You're like, hi, Chad. No. 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 Okay. no, zero hot girls in my program. And in general. I got so it. I got it. Okay, yeah. here we go. Listen, this will solve some of your clients' problems. It's going to make you a lot of money, and you're going to get laid in the in the progress. You start a YouTube show on YouTube Red. It takes place in Chicago. It's called CPA Whore, and it's about an accountant who's down on his luck, and he he but he doesn't want to spend money on dates, so he barters accounting service for hot chicks to have sex with him. And he just goes through kind of like a, we'll get TJ Martinell to write some of the film noir and you'll wear you a fedora. You think these things already come across my desk? I mean, I got a couple of. What do you mean come across your desk? I, what do you mean exactly? That was an intentional pun. But, um, <laughs> come on, you've seen my office. <laughs> it's really, no, I got to Okay, let me tell you, hold your thought, Chad. I do have to tell the listening audience this. You, I envy, I was telling the GF this because we're walking, where were we? I think we're downtown St. Paul. Yeah, we were downtown St. Paul. I walked past this very old 1890s, 1880s building. And I'm like, dang, you know what? Chad's got an office like Sam Spade did in the Maltese Falcon. And he's got, you know, it's up in this old building. And he's got the window looks out over the street. And you got your chair. And you should totally have hanging over it, like, you know, your jacket with a pistol and a, in a, in a, um, holster and a bottle of Jack Daniels. He even's got the shade. So like when the, the street light comes in and you should have someone paid when you make your billions to play a sultry saxophone down in the street and you could smoke cigarettes and then talk to yourself about blonde malls that you could have had. And then she <laughs> walks in and then it's Ann Sturzing her like, Oh, Chad, I have a problem with a 1031 exchange. <laughs> Well, it's even in a bit of a shady area, too, so that would work. <laughs> Wait, that's a bad area? So if you go right south, you know where the Green Mill is? That's the other thing. Like, where I am is right by the Green Mill, which is classic, like, you know, right. Al Capone and everything. If you go a block or two south of that, there were two attempted murders there just in the last two days alone. Oh, yeah. I used to live a couple blocks north of there, and I got mugged so vigorously that I was in the hospital for five days. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even see the person. They just came up behind me and hit me in the back of the head. Next thing I know, I'm like in the emergency room going, what the fuck? This was in Uptown, right? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Right. Where the office is pretty shady in certain spots. Yeah. That's that's definitely Shadyville. That was 2011 and it's still a shit shit show over there. Yeah. Like down by the Green Mill, it's all right in that little strip. But if you walk anywhere a little bit east or south there, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, east towards the lake? There's only like three or four blocks left. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start getting around uh, Sheridan, I think, is the street. Um, gets a little weird because that's where those attempted murders were just on Tuesday. Actually. Wait, wasn't there a tent city at the bypass on Lakeshore Drive? It goes yes. over Lawrence and there's a tent city there? Yep. Yeah, I think that got shut down by the city. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hilariously, that's the exact same neighborhood where Obama had, I think, his 50th birthday party in the Aragorn Ballroom. And I didn't know this was happening. I was just walking through the neighborhood, and there's, like, all these cops clearing all these people out. And there's there's these, like, 
black prostitutes running down the street yelling and, and screaming and laughing because one of one of their co-workers got kicked off of a corner for, for the president. Wait, I'm confused. Is there a different type of uh, prostitute than a black one? I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bad joke. Bad joke. I got there's some lit- clients that are there's not Latino too. There's Latinos as well. All right. Yeah, I don't want to. In that neighborhood, if I was walking in a short skirt late at night, I have guys like slow down and think I was working. Like, hey, how much? I'd be like, uh, for you, nothing. <laughs> Well, then they realize you're the famous author, Ann Sturzinger. You're like, oh, and the Ann Sturzinger? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll offer you an extra 20. So, hey, before <laughs> I forget, um, let's do this. Dan, do you, uh, Dan, Ann, do you, have the, um, do you have the actual live stream up on YouTube right now running in the background? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, the the problem that I'm facing with this, we're gonna. This is the first episode, first, first official of the Older Brother podcast. I'm gonna be. I got the domain name to olderbrother.com, and I'm gonna try and make this at least a monthly, if not weekly, show. Cool. But in part, we also have the super chat. Now, let me explain this. Let me explain this to the listening audience, so everyone's not not upset. Um, when you do a live cast, you have to be on the command screen to see what's going on and control volume and all that other stuff. You do not see people in the chat room. If you happen to be doing uh, super chats, uh, donations. So you have to have a separate window open. This is why when Beckloff does his podcast or whoever else, they usually have Luke running the, the real podcast in the background on mute so they can see the chat window. And then when someone donates money via super chat, they say, Oh, Hey, uh, Aaron, Chris, whoever's hosting the show, somebody donated this on the Super Chat, and it is standard polite courtesy and behavior to acknowledge the Super Chat and read it. Uh, the problem is if I was doing it on my own, um, I don't have time to switch in between because then it takes away from the, well, I, from the I actual can, podcast. I've got it on my TV here. I have the actual live stream where I can see people. If you want, I can mentioned right so well yeah. here so like i'm just just so you know and this is for this is more for the listening audience and i'm, I'm sorry to go through this uh, this managerial stuff but like for example sean parton see he he donated five bucks he says hi aaron i'm a high school junior and just got stood up watching on my phone keep up the good job trying to be less of a pussy that's good hey, you get stood up that that uh that makes you stronger so i'm just gonna scroll through here we got darius he made another $5 donation, Darius Thurman. Thanks, Darius. Sean Parton, he did. They didn't have any homes. Erica, oh, Erica Shanta Williams with her own YouTube channel. I'm going to give her a shout out. Uh, recession is coming. I see so many people going toward trades after college. I know 10 guys who got a degree from ECU, then either went into the military or had to go get a trade. Great conversation. Thanks, Erica. Um, I think it's just Erica Shanta Williams. You can find her on YouTube. Uh, Krillin876, Cap, I disagree with you about college. Companies now get flooded with resumes that you get weeded out. Without it, internet is the double-edged sword. Uh, And like I said, I'd like to stay on top of these a little bit more more on top of it. Chad, we got a question for you. You don't have to answer it. Anon Deity asks, ask Chad how much debt for all the college. Um. Does he mean for me personally, like the MBA program or just, uh, well, I, would, I guess he, he didn't say. Um, I, would, well, I would say for the average person, um, you know, what's, what's the average person looking like when they. Uh, 
Oh, oh, like what? Yeah, okay, I got you. Like clients and stuff. Um, it's about between I've noticed because I've tried to figure this out based on the amount of student loan interest I'm seeing that we're trying to write off. It's usually about forty thousand dollars for these undergrad kids coming out. And keep in mind, some of them are going to really expensive places in the city here. So if they go to in-state schools, it, it wouldn't be so bad. Okay. All right. I Yeah, I just, I know that when I was, this is over 10 years ago, there was this poor woman, not poor woman. She was our, she was our controller or CFO. I think she was our CFO. And um, she was looking at going to the Carlson School of Management to get her MBA because, quote, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, this gal had four kids, had a husband, had a life, and she's she called me into her office. She says, you know, I want your opinion on this. I'm like, sure. What do you want? And she says, they're asking 70. Now, this is 10 years ago. They wanted 75 grand for the evening MBA program. And I looked at her. I'm like, why don't you just pay off your house? <laughs> why don't you? This is not, you have kids, you have a life. Now, those kids are probably all older and maybe out of high school by now. But what she was going to forfeit and forego, she was already forfeiting a lot with her family, working a real profession and, and job and all that. But I could only imagine she would have never seen her kids. Now that her kids are gone, okay, now go to the Carlson School of butt fucking and learn how to regurgitate the same shit you learned in undergrad. But, um, it's just it's totally not worth it getting an MBA. Any uh, maybe maybe Wharton or Harvard for connection and purposes, but God Almighty, it's it's just not worth it time or money wise. Otherwise, wait, are you sure you learned to fill in those flowcharts? I learned Porter's five forces models. Yes, and, and then there's there's a lot of quadrants like urgency versus importance. You see, then <laughs> this quadrant it's not urgent and it's not important, so we don't prioritize. But if it's urgent. And important, <laughs> just the basic bitch, low IQ, mundane bullshit these MBA programs teach. And just, just imagine somebody got paid to make that shit up, and they get paid every time somebody buys one of those useless textbooks. Oh, I had, I had a. Ben go said, ahead, Florian. No, I just said I was just these textbooks. Nobody else buys them, but you have to buy them for one hundred twenty dollars or something. Yeah. Right? So hey. Let, let's say you guys, it'll never happen, okay? Uh, because two of you don't have driver's licenses and none of you have the incentive to come visit me because you all hate me. But let's just theoretically say that you guys actually love the captain and you want to come visit me and you all road tripped up here. Florian left New Jersey, you picked you two Hanyakers up and you're coming up your merry way through Boston, Wisconsin, all right? Uh, and then Anne's pointing out all the finery Wisconsin has to offer. There's a cow. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's say you made it to Minneapolis or St. Paul and Anne and you guys go into a McDonald's and Anne loses her keys and you guys are locked out of Anne's car. You're like, oh man, Aaron lives in the WBL. We got to shoot north another 10 miles. But Anne has foolishly locked us, her keys in the car. How, how do we solve this problem? What, what you would do is you would call it Northland Locksmith in St. Paul and Minneapolis. You'd call them at 651 two four two three six nine nine that's six five one two four two three six nine nine northland locksmith they've just done a, a super chat donation and uh yeah if you guys want to plug your stuff up here shoot me send me some money I'll, I'll plug your stuff the only problem is you have to be locked out in the minneapolis and st paul area so if you happen to be in cleveland uh he's not going to be as much help to you I'll, I'll i have to actually leave thanks guys for the talk it was nice 
Thanks for Thanks, having Brian. me. Um, just as one as one last observation ahead, I checked the domain the older brother. I must have like the older brother or older brother, but no, olderbrother.com. Olderbrother.com because I typed in the older brother with the older brother, you get a defunct WordPress site of some someone who is like giving religious advice. So brace for people that, that oh, they yeah. look to you for religious <laughs> guidance under your under your domain. No, no, it's it's just it's gonna be olderbrother.com. I haven't had time to program the website. And based off of assholeconsulting.com, you guys can expect this top-notch crisp clean website uh when i finally get around to programming it but thanks for yeah it's olderbrother.com and that's going to be at least a week out before i get around to, to doing any of that all right good luck uh, cool nice see you florian take care yeah. bye uh how much time you two kids got left uh well seeing as how like my busy season came and went a couple weeks ago and i don't have much of a purpose right now um i got about three more minutes for you Three more minutes. What, you got a client coming over? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just teasing. I was watching Cobra Kai before uh, the podcast started. So Is is that any good? My buddy, uh, Michael Kingswood, author, uh, he's like, oh, dude, Aaron, you got to watch it. Is it any good? I, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm eight. Epi there's 10 episodes, and I've watched eight of them so far. Um, mm -hmm. I just really like, and I won't spoil anything, but it's really cool how the guy who you expect to be the bad guy is not what you think. And it's almost like there is no bad guy in this. Like you're just seeing two different perspectives, people trying to live their lives. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. I heard it's basically um, not, not a, an uh, outright mockery, but there is some criticism of the pussy generation where he's yes. like training them to fight. Yes. There's a lot of red pill stuff in there. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. There's a little bit of SJW stuff in there, too, but they do subtly mock it. So um, I, I really recommend it if you got a few hours. Okay. No, I'll check it out. Yeah. I, uh, not big into the television and all that, but we've been no, watching. Neither. We've been watching The Saint and uh, the original Mission Impossibles. Nice. Yeah. There what, were hot those original ones come out? The original ones were in the mid-60s to the early 70s. And the Saint was in the early '60s to the late '60s, and oh, my okay. my God, the chicks were hot! Holy shit, were the chicks hot back then? <laughs> They're just all in like heels and nice little outfits and uniforms, and and um, he always flies flies Pan Am. The Saint always flies Pan, Pan Am, Am. <laughs> right? Always Pan Am. Pan Am paid some money back in the day to. Hey, I guess he's got. Uh, I must fly to London. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to take Pan Am. Sure enough, you see the flight Pan Am. Um, Aaron, some guy just did a super chat, but he wants me to answer it. Do you want me to? Do you want me yeah, to take? Yeah, go it? ahead. Ask answer away. I can talk about hot stewardesses from Pan Am in the '60s later. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, anyway, so Ali is asking. Um. He says, could you elaborate on the best way to get into the big four with no public experience? And uh, I guess that's a bachelor of science and a master's in tax, maybe. Um, I think it mean, MST, I think, stands for my sexy tarantula. So he has a tarantula at home and it's a very sexy one. I'm just speculating. I could well, that, that'll get you in the door faster than a master's in taxation. Um, <laughs> OK. This no, is no. my fuck spider. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, to answer the question, um, Ali, uh, this is not a very politically correct answer, but uh, you need to hear it. Are you a, a targeted diversity client? 
perchance. Um, if you are, and if you belong to a certain demographic, that is a great thing for you to emphasize as far as getting into the big four, because they are so hungry for those. They have the biggest hard on for it at the moment. Um, that was the case when I was getting in there several years ago. And that is definitely the case now when I talk to recruiters and others who are still working for, oh, okay. So you say that you're from Pakistan, but you're a U.S. citizen. Um, hmm. Fuck him. No Pakistanis. Get that bastard out of here. Well, he did give you five bucks, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I know. <laughs> Um, no, I would work that angle, Ali. Um, do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into a dialogue here, but if you speak any languages, I, I, I forget what language they speak in Pakistan, but that's like gold for the big four. Um, so I would emphasize that. Otherwise you just got to like know the right people and just have your shit together because there's all kinds of fresh meat that are coming out of these accounting programs. You just have to try to differentiate yourself. I remember I wrote a whole email response to one of your clients, Aaron, a couple of years ago about this. Kid was in the same boat. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is great. You got you got another. Well, okay, you didn't get another super chat donation. I did, and this person also has a question for Chad. This is great, Chad. I'm going to have you come out and do all the work, and I'll just take all the money. I was going to say I'm ready for a cut here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Chad, can you file a startup LLC in Texas or South Dakota for lower taxes while still running the firm in New Jersey? The answer is yes and no. Um, you have to apply in most states. You have to register as what's called a foreign LLC, and they'll get you anyway that way because a ton of people start these up in Delaware, and they're like, oh, I don't have to pay taxes until their state sends them a letter saying, hey, you were conducting business in our state you have to file as a foreign corporation. So you owe X amount. So all that's really gonna do, like filing in a low regulation state is it'll save you some regulatory fees, but it's kind of nominal, so yeah. Yeah, we might as well shout you out anyway. I mean, if you guys got questions for Chad and wanna hire him more than just like, you know, a $5 question here or there. Although certainly feel free to pay me first and then ask Chad. I like that business model better, but go to elkinscpa.com and, you know, Chad can help you out anytime. Ann Sturzinger is worthless when it comes to accounting. I wouldn't go to annsturzinger.com to save my life if I have accounting questions. But if you have accounting questions, go to Chad Elk or elkinscpa.com. You will enjoy reading and talking to Ann much more than me in terms of our respective fields. So there's that. <laughs> All right. Hang on. I'm doing a little bit of stuff. Forgive me here, guys. Take, go ahead to uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to do a little okay, bit. Okay. Well, no name asks a great question that needs to be answered, even though they already answered it. Um, it says, Chad, just how handsome are you? Very with a question mark. <laughs> um, I would have to agree with your answer. Just chop off the question mark there and we'll call it a day. And now we have <laughs> another from this is Eduardo. It's the chat Chad, hour. Are you so laid back and chill. Um, hmm. Well, I did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should let Clary field that one. What? How? How is Chad so laid back and chill? All right, I'll tell you. It's because I'm no longer in a terrible domestic situation as of last week, so I'm back to being laid back and chill. <laughs> I I remember like when I first hung out with you, you were laid back and chill. We're having a grand old time, and you had your own place. And then you add add girl, and we won't mention names, but you add Shook. girl. 
Yeah, schmoopsy Sh- muffins, cuddlewookums. <laughs> you add cuddlewookums, and it's like, yeah. Who Anne has met too. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how. It's going to be its own show because I, I thought about it. I took some notes here uh, because what I'm going to be doing with older brother is I'm going to be bringing in experts on various fields and topics where we could convey older brother wisdom and older sister wisdom and uh, to the listening audience. Uh, but yeah, dude, that, that I, I was stressed out dealing with that pain in the ass. I wasn't even dating her. Well, you tried to save me from it. Um, we won't say how, but you tried to save me from it last summer, right? When I was about to enter the situation. I, I say, I tried to save you many times and Chad Elkins is also a lesson in why you never do anything for free. You always charge. If you're good at something, you never do it for free. You always charge because there must be a pain associated with the wisdom you're trying to get people to con- to to do what you want them to do. And so uh, Chad, Chad is a is a textbook case study in that situation uh, where where we live. But now we have learned our lesson. How is how is day seven of freedom? Day eight of freedom? Well, this is day nine, and all I can tell you is I woke up this morning, and the sun was well, actually no, it was raining, but the birds were singing, and I didn't live with her anymore. So I have to say it's going great. <laughs> and what do you what you got like four girls you're dating now? Like, I mean, it it's storing, man. It was all of a sudden. Oh well, no, I was just I've been telling Aaron that I've been um, kind of in a joking way. I've just been fooling around on some of these on one of these dating apps, but I haven't I haven't actually you know. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, all right. Chad just goes to church, and there are no girls that he's dating right now. He's just saving himself <laughs> for that special one. Yeah, the reason he was out until 1 a.m. last night because he went to mass. He went to mass, yes. <laughs> uh, what What is low jack? Race Jacobson is asking me, and do the cats have you on low jack yet? Anybody know what that is? Is low jack, uh, isn't that like the uh, thing that you put on your car so it doesn't get stolen? Kind of sounds like it. Are we old? Dude, what does low jack mean? I'm I caught, dude, you know what I caught flack for? All right, so I got this car, and all my cars at one time had a club, um, and, and two of the three still do. So I put the club on the car, and the person who's like standing next to me, he's like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, what? He's like, I haven't seen a club in 15 years. I'm like, hey, it deters people. No one's going to try and steal this. He's like, it's a standard transmission. No one's going to try and steal the car. <laughs> Anyway, I'm all right. Now, standard transmission is like this uh, different type of transmission. It predated automatic. Yeah. And millennials don't know how to drive it. That's why that that joke was funny. But apparently, no one got it. So never mind. Oh, no, I was. Well, I, I I didn't realize I didn't realize no one drives standard transmission anymore. Oh, it's rare. Like really? people are people are shot. Yeah, like when I pull in, like during winter, I don't do my own oil because it's snowy and cold. So I'll pull into like the Jiffy Loop or whatever, and they usually have to go grab somebody who knows how to drive stick. Seriously? They, yeah, they don't know. That, like, not unless you pull it in yourself, but otherwise, like you know, discount tire or any kind of. It's kind of sad when you're going to borderline mechanic shops. Yeah. And their mechanics don't know how to drive standard transmission. I'm like, how is this possible? Holy shit! Oh. Wow. Do you guys know how to drive stick? Uh, I- that's. I actually learned to drive stick and I learned to drive on the left uh, side of the road. So that's why I don't like to drive here very much because I never really got used to that. And, you know, 
It's just weird. Yeah, I learned stick. I learned stick before I learned st standard transmission. Yeah, I, I mean, learned. I mean, before I learned uh, automatic transmission. You know what I mean. Ali shot over another two bucks. Chad, Aaron made a video on me. I am from DE. Delaware? Deutschland? Denmark? Wait, no, he's, he's, no, he's American, sis, so it's probably Delaware. Yeah, Delaware. Okay. Um, Ali, what is there to do in Delaware? What? What is Wild corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what's there? Has anyone been to Delaware? I've driven through it. The 20 minutes to get from uh, Maryland to Philly, you know, you got to go through Delaware. What's it look like? Uh, you ever seen Wayne's World, the original, that movie? A long time ago. There's this one funny scene where they're like, you know, hey, we're in uh, Texas. They're like, howdy, partner. You know, they, they're doing cultural references to states. And then the last one, they go through Delaware and they go, hi, I'm in <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> I... If you saw but, it, uh, is, is it forest? What? I don't know. I Because the closest I got was maybe Philly or Maryland. Uh, There's a lot of businesses there. It's like it's very business friendly. That's about it. There's nothing else to really say about it. So a lot I, of corporate camp. I'm saying visually, what does it look like? Just a bunch of corporate campuses? Uh, I've only driven through the part on uh, I-95. I can't even, I don't, I have no idea what's in the southern part of that state. Wow, Ali's really cranking man, out. Ali, man, he must be making a lot of bank to give us this money here. Delaware is ass. Aaron, another question. Incoming. Incoming. He's All trying right. to get into public account. Ali has been texting me questions here on the chat. He's trying to get into public accounting, so I was trying to help him out. While y'all were talking, I was responding a little on there. Right, so well, long as it give me my shekels. <laughs> yeah, get you them. Chad, Chad can't be my slave if I don't get me my shekels. <laughs> <laughs> just just chain him in your basement. Okay, Chad, we're doing another. Doing this is another oh, this reminds me. Hang on for a second. I got to cough or sneeze. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? You got a cat. You got a sneeze. You. No. Um, I'm shocked how the world I make money. Like I had. You got to admit, this is pretty funny that I'm making money off of Chad's work. We got to admit that's kind of funny, right? You're making money off of my boredom. I mean, this is just entertaining for me. Although right. I could be watching Cobra Kai. You could be. You could be. But I'm doing jack all shit, and you're doing all the work, and yet somehow I'm getting paid. And this is the world that I've entered post-banking where it's just weird. You know, like who thought you'd make money – on YouTube income, like, ah, I'm going to yell at the internet and do crazy shit. And all of a sudden you're making five, $600 a month because people like your crazy shit. Well, Hey, you're living you, the dream as far as I'm concerned. Right. Right. But I'm just saying you guys find this, this is odd, right? This is not go to nine to five, work in the factory, come back home, you get your pension in 35 years. Right. Oh, right. I mean, you were one of the early pioneers, I think, going back to your blog. What was that? 2004, 2005? Yeah. Yeah. About that. But but as the ever-evolving economy and social media has evolved, I have a new uh, line of business. I'm, I'm not going to call it a separate business, but it's a product, let's just say, that will be offered on Older Brother and Thrasyl Consulting and all that. Silver you Dollar Bikini? Nope. Take a wild guess. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you guys three guesses, and I'll say it relates to the sexes. Um, so this is something you're making, right? No, I'm not making it. I'm offering a service. Okay, it's a service. Okay. It's a service, yes. You're starting your own dating app. 
you know, and screw you and your 186. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Take all the fun out of it. <laughs> Ass. Fine. Yes, it's a dating app, and it's called ansucks.com. <laughs> no, I've had, I have set up like four people now uh, successfully, potentially a fifth. I won't mention who. Uh, one of which, week. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I can neither confirm nor deny, but I started realizing that um, there's probably more female listeners to my show and social media outlets than I originally thought. Cause I had the client, I don't know if you guys remembered or if you even watched the, the video. Um, this guy was a good looking dude, made good money, blah, blah, blah. And he was stuck in Scandinavia, could not find a, a wife to save his life. Well, all of a sudden I get all these emails. I'm like, where the hell are you girls? Does, does it have to wait until I say, yeah, there's this six foot two Scandinavian uh, Adonis like God who's looking for a traditional wife to make babies with. And then all of a sudden they come flooding out. So now the old Claire Meister's got an idea. I'm going to get all the girls, which is why I don't mind mentioning this right now. If any of you girls are out there and you want to meet some good looking, traditional conservative, not soy boy men, hit me up over at assholeconsulting.com. Send me an email. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play matchmaker and yet damn right. I'm going to charge for it. Yeah, damn right I'm going to charge for it. But I'm not going to charge for the women because the women are rarer. They're the rarer commodities. I got a bunch of you Yahoo jamokes out there. Who, yeah, okay, you're a conservative traditional guy who works out. There's a billion of us. Okay, maybe not a billion, but there's a fair more amount of you guys than there is traditional girls who want to get married, have kids, or maybe just, you know, <clears throat> they want to treat their men nice. They're not careerists. They're not feminists. They're not MBAs, the ones that Chad chases after all the time. Yeah. Um, they, they are so rare and in such demand, uh, I think I might have a line on them. So if you girls want me to, you know, you want to meet your future husband, can't guarantee anything, but I can guarantee you these guys aren't pussies. I can guarantee you they have jobs, and there'll be a little bit of a vetting process, and then I'm going to charge a huge commission on men because, because how long does it take you to find one quality woman? That's a lot of drinks. A lot of drinks, a lot of time, a lot of foregone labor, a lot of opportunity costs. A lot of therapy, a lot of <laughs> Yeah, Chad, let me ask you. A lot of breaking you your lease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Forgot about yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, but you know, a lot, I was talking to my buddy, and he's all lovelorn, and, oh, I wish I could find a girl. And he dates filth. He dates absolute filth. And I can't go into details, but – it's worse than you think. And he's like, no, oh, there's just no girl, good girls out there. I'm like, what would you pay if I could set you up? No guarantees, but I could set you up with a girl that's like got a job, is not a leftist, wants to treat her man right, you know, traditional gal. He's like $100, I guess. I'm like, really, $100? So you go dancing every night, you know, that you can, paying a cover, buying drinks, and you do that for years on end. And then maybe you find a girl in every three to four years that's dateable. Are you sure it's only a hundred dollars? He's like, probably a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably a little bit more. And that little bit more is going to go to my coffers. It's going to go to my bank account. And at the end, at the end, people, oh, Aaron, you're, that's that's pretty greedy. That's pretty capitalistic. If I set people up that have eternal marriage and bliss, not only do I am I going to demand a high price, I'm going to demand that I'm invited to the wedding. You're paying for my flight. 
You're giving me a thousand dollars. If it results in marriage, I get a thousand dollars stipend and, uh, and I, um, I have a hotel paid for it. Doesn't have to be fancy. I'll fly spirit, whatever's cheap. You don't have to give me a fancy hotel, but I want a thousand dollars commission. Uh, if you guys successfully tie the knot and I want to be invited to the wedding and that's cheap, that's dirt cheap compared to the amount of effort and calories of energy you'd spend chasing down hunting a real woman. Alimony. Well, we're not going to talk about when the marriage breaks up. You see, that's uh, no, no. I'm ta I'm talking about the bad marriages that they'll get without your service. Oh yeah, that's no. I uh, that's true too. I could have. Well, Chad, Chad. Yeah. Let me ask you something. How much <laughs> would you have paid me? And think about this very, very deeply and thoroughly. How much would you have paid me to give you the advice and have you somehow magically follow it three years ago? Uh, well, let's see. Hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands? It's a tough <laughs> question because, you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and there's a lot of stuff I really wish I'd listened to you about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know what? I would part, assuming everything played out the way it did, I would have gladly given you $1,000 if you had stopped me and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. Here's what this means. Here's what that means. This is the agony you're going to go through. Mm -hmm. Get out now. Mm -hmm. I'd have paid you at least $1,000 for that. At least. That's the buy. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. In fact, I, I really should go higher. I really should go higher. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe getting yelled at and screamed at and and all the psycho stuff, maybe that was only worth a thousand dollars, you know. I, I feel like it was worth more, but then again, I'm sure I, I, yeah, hmm. I, sh I would pay more for that. Yeah. See, that's why people, if you think about it, what I can offer is worth is very valuable, because most of men's time, especially when they're younger, is spent trying to chase down some wonderful woman, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you're going to go play the field, but when you're ready to settle down and this is like the most important person in your life, if I can screen it and save you a lot of time, effort, and calories of energy, I'm thinking thousands of dollars, thousands. Yeah. It's just the problem with that though, not to, just to play devil's advocate here. Somebody honestly and truly has to go through that type of hell before they understand how much it's worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, really, if you can avoid it, absolutely. But <laughs> oh, you, well, you should have videotaped your 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 apartment, Chad. You could. Have I, I videotaped, so I <laughs> I can't get too specific on this, but I started videotaping every interaction. And Aaron, did I send you that one or? I have it on backup in case you lose it and something oh, right. comes back to haunt you. Aaron can make a commercial out of that footage. He could make an ad for his service out of that footage. Uh, yeah, that was scary. Chad, Chad's right. See, this is the thing. It's it's not until you go through it do you really appreciate it. Yeah. And now he went through what what is a, a veritable hell. But I think the regular uh, standard modern-day dating life that your average man is going to have today, say, from puberty on to about 30, he will learn the value of a good quality woman. And and by good quality, I mean shows up on time, isn't a raging socialist, is not so bland and boring. I majored in the liberal arts. Well, good for you. So did a hundred billion other women. Uh, you know, the the value of a good classical traditional woman will become very apparent because you cannot help 
but date the standard slop that's out. And slop is, is being very neutral and charitable to what's out there. The standard slop that is out there. And by the time you are 30, I almost guarantee you, you will. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to TJ Martinell. He is just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm tapped out. <laughs> I don't want to do any of this ever again. And so more valuable than oil, more valuable than gold, more valuable than diamonds is a good quality woman. And if, if and I, I might have, I might have a monopoly on that market, just might have a monopoly. <laughs> mm. I'll now, say so, 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 so the, the problem is getting people who haven't been through this yet to buy the service, or are you just going to market people who've already been through? It? No, no, you have like the client was 38. He's okay. been through hell. Right. Yeah, no, and there's plenty of men that have been, and I think there's also another market or another way this market works is you're going to have a fair amount of younger women um, who are going into college. You don't want to be in college, and they, they're honest with themselves. They have the true critical thinking skills, the true independent thought to say, I don't want to go to college. All I really want, they'll sit down and say, I honestly want to just be married with a husband and children. I want to raise the babies. Fine. Maybe down the road, I'll go become an engineer. But right now I just want to have the babies. And the men that, that is in, that are in the best position for that are not your 20 year old college dude, bro boys, nor the 25 year olds getting their MBAs with Chad. Uh, it's your established mid and upper thirties or older gentlemen who like are established can support a family on one income are looking, you know, they've sowed their wild oats. They're ready to settle down. So I think there's, you know, there's going to be some women of course, who are like in their thirties or their late twenties are also not ready to settle down. But there is this surprisingly, I don't want to say large or high, but a significant percentage of women out there who are younger. And I mean, below, 25 they're like no i want to get on the marriage and making babies train and so you know i think that there's 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 potential there's there's some smoke i think there's some fire nearby i think it's worth a try yeah now they're not all going to be like you and 27 gorgeous beautiful accomplished millionaires uh <laughs> famous with your yacht in the poconos but you know let's let's not compare good to perfect let's just settle for good <laughs> Anyone need a spare cat? Are you getting rid of your cat? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just joking. Oh. I, I, I don't have a yacht, but I do have. Um, let's see, what's in my house right now? A computer, cats, mm -hmm. microphone. Mm. That's it. Yeah, I, I just have a computer, cats, and a microphone. I don't have any furniture, or a yoga mat, or weights, or clothes. I just sit here with my computer, my cats, and my microphone making shit. Nice. Uh, we got more more uh, donations. Sean Parton, thanks for all the he's done he's done like four super chats now. Debating conservatism to my teacher. Any advice? Uh, you're in high school, if I recall correctly. Don't bother. Just don't. You're not look, teachers are dumb and they're indoctrinated. I would not even bother with look, just it be it be at high school or college, don't bother debating your teachers. Okay, you're not going to convince them. Uh, you're right. I'll tell you that you're right. I mean, if you want, if you if you insist on debating with your teacher, I would recommend with empiricism. Look up the data. There's no feels. There's no emotions. Just look up the data. This is why if you look at the early half of my blog, it's all charts and data and, and statistics. Because I got sick and tired of 
you know, quoting research and people not believing it. Now I could just show them a chart, but you're not going to convince your teacher. You're just not. So yeah. don't even don't even waste your time. That's what I recommend. Yeah, I, I can't imagine trying to debate with a teacher. I, I work with some people who are education students uh, at, at, at academic composition and just they're literally so stupid that they can't write a letter asking us what they want. Mm. They can't compose an email asking us what they want. And these are education students. They have, it depends on which study you want to cite. They have the lowest IQ of pretty much all college majors. Now it depends. Elementary education are at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Those are usually at the bottom. Then like regular education, you know, like if you major in, you know, a chemistry teacher, obviously you're going to be higher, but they're usually in the bottom 10% of majors. Yeah, and I know, I know that like when you're a kid, you're in high school, like the only adults that you have are teachers. Those are very low ranking adults. Those are not challenge. You want to, you want to get into adult conversation. Here's what I do. Instead of debating with your teacher, start listening to some Stefan Molyneux. Um, yeah. Start listening, even though um, he's the complete opposite. I want to kind of give you like a little bit of a diverse background. Uh, listen to O'Shea Jackson. Uh, he's a guy getting his doctorate in Poland, uh, but he also runs a, surprisingly entertaining uh, YouTube channel. Um, listen to, I mean, who else, Ann? Who else would be out there? Uh, Jordan I, Peterson would be someone intellectual. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Uh, Sargon of Akkad is really entertaining. Some of your right. listeners might not like him, but um, he's definitely entertaining. Yeah, I, I know that those are the only adults you have interaction with that aren't your parents, but no offense to teachers, but offense to teachers because they had to suffer under you assholes all the time. Fuck your teachers. All right, get your grades, be a good student, get your A, sign your thing. Oh, yeah, Marx was great. Can't wait to suck his dick when I'm older, you know, <laughs> and then get your A and then you move on. I had one good teacher in high school. I kept falling asleep in my English class because I was in there with people who literally couldn't read and we were trying to read Huck Finn and it took an hour to, for them to sound out one paragraph. I kept falling asleep. My, <laughs> <laughs> my English teacher, instead of punishing me for falling asleep, just sent me to the library for four years of high school English. Like, oh. Yeah. She knew. She knew. Yeah. He, yeah. he it was actually a dude, but he, oh, um, okay. yeah, he, he was just like, I will give you A's for all of my classes. It was a real small school. So I think I had him for two classes. He was like, I'll give you A's for all my classes. If you just get the fuck out of my classroom and go to the library. <laughs> Every once in a while, I mean, not all the teachers are bad. I mean, I'm sure we, I, I added it up out of 89 teachers. I had three that were good. So you will, and you know, keep in mind I'm older and now my generation are the teachers. So I, I'm, I'm thinking you'll be lucky if you get one out of a hundred. Yeah, uh, but every once in a while you get a cool teacher, and then they kind of understand, like, yeah, you know what, you can go ahead and study on your own. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Sean's, Sean's got another question. He did another super chat. Do you know any girls like that in high school age? Uh no. I try to avoid girls who are high school aged for obvious legal reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and dude, don't be worrying about dating girls right now. You got more important shit to worry about. Your your academics, working out, getting an early jump on college if you intend to go to college, joining junior ROTC, which I recommend if you want to join the military. Um, I'm not saying if a girl doesn't walk across your plate, not to not to take a stab at her, um, but I, I'm not going to set you up with some girl who's 500 miles away, uh, in part because I don't know them. But you, you're you're they're not ready. They're not ready to get into a relationship at high school. 
They're not ready at the age of 25. Matter of fact, they're just never ready, period, unless you, unless when you're older, you pay me $10,000 to set you up with one of the rare ones through Clary's dating service down the road. But let's wait till you're <laughs> out of college. You have something to offer. Um, cool. All right, that's it. <clears throat> All right, I think it's about time to wrap this thing up because uh, I have other topics I wouldn't mind talking about, but we're going to leave that for another show. Um, I got some work to do. And why don't you go plug your stuff. Tell, tell everybody where they can find you and what you offer, aside from horribly depressing books that make <laughs> people want to commit suicide. <laughs> well, I actually I actually have a – thank you, Aaron. I actually have a self-help book. Um it's, it's, it's called disaster fitness. I realized a, that no one, no one reads fiction. So I should write a self-help book. And I was thinking, well, what should I write a self-help book about? And I realized I've never been overweight in my life. That's and, for sure. And I was like, well, if I can, and, and I don't, I don't suffer. Like I don't mind exercising. I like to do it. Like I, it, it, it's one of the high points of my day, which might sound sad, but you, you get an endorphin buzz off of it. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I decided to try and reverse engineer why that is and why I don't really have to struggle at all to work out. And I figured it out and I wrote it down and I called it disaster fitness because it's the kind of fitness program that you can get into even if your life is really fucked up right now. Like there's a lot of advice for like easing into things and it's, it, you know, most, most diet and exercise programs tell you like eat right and work out. Well, that's great. But how do you do that? Especially if you're down or depressed or you've had a rough time. So this is all about the psychology of how you can get yourself to a place where you just get up and you look forward to working out. And I know that sounds annoying, but it's actually something that you can do using like psychological stuff that works. It's on if, Amazon. If it's easy, it doesn't work. So, I mean, there's got to be a child. Has it sold yet? I mean, when did you publish it? I published it about a year ago. Why the hell didn't you tell me? I think I did, but maybe I didn't. No, I would have. I would have probably. I would have remembered it. So, all right. Well, uh, they can find that on Amazon. It's called Disaster Workout. Disaster Fitness. Disaster Fitness. Yeah. Okay. Maybe y'all. Maybe, maybe I've, I've actually written a couple of books since then. I have a couple of novels out. If you want to look those up, there's a science fiction book. There's also a action adventure novel that takes place in Paris where an American woman stops a bunch of terrorists. Um, oh yeah. Chad talked about that one. That one sounds interesting. What's the, what's the title of that one? The Sen Vendetta S E I N E like the river, the Sen Vendetta. Oh, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's the most fun thing I've ever written. Like, it's not like my novels where children kill themselves. It's, it's a lot of fun. And oh, I like the novels where the children kill themselves. Those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> now this one, the good guys win. It's fun. It's witty. There's a chase through an underground graveyard. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Chad, what do you got? Uh, well, you can go to Chad CPA or elkincpa.com. Uh, it's not really tax season, and unless you have your own business, I'm not really going to be taking on any more clients. But hey, if you need some advice, maybe I'll. Or how about this? Go through Aaron. Go through Asshole Consulting. Yeah, if you pay have, me lots um, of money. Pay me lots of money. Yeah, because I'm going to start uh, see if I can get a little cut of it, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. <laughs> what? Um, oh shoot! I was going to ask you something. 
Dang it. Ah, never mind. I, I'm sure it'll come to me later. Yeah, you can ask me afterwards or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. You are you are uh, you are available. You're on the market. So if any young ladies would like to date a highly successful CPA, they can go there. <laughs> yes, but they have to they have to be part of the Clary dating uh, program. Well, let's just let's just put this. You can't be fat, ladies. I'm just gonna say you can't be fat. Don't have a ton of student debt. And don't have no other man's kids. End of discussion. If, if you got if you got those three, contact chat. And try you know, not to already be angry at him. Yeah, and just don't be fat. We'll start there, and then um, <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> how, how sad is it that the standards is like yeah, as long as she's not fat? Hey, if you want to date Chad, you should buy my book first. Yes, yes. buy Anne's book <laughs> so you can you can learn how to not be fat, and then uh, and then we'll talk, and then talk to Cappy about you know how to how to present yourself well. Could you so you imagine, have to go through them in order to get to me. Could you imagine <laughs> me? Uh, imagine me. Here's another addition to the Clary's dating service. Could you imagine Cappy's finishing school for young women? <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking eating! Go for the run! The, the bra must match the panties! That doesn't fucking match! What the fuck is wrong with you? That so, you know, you know Cappy, I, I think you've not, you've touched on a, a possible business idea that uh, all of us could get involved in. You call that a blowjob? It took me 10 hours to come. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> just this drillage. And then they all just come out sheepishly and shaking. Like, don't hurt me, Chad. What did he do to you? I'm here to serve and obey. <laughs> There's a special drill sergeant for blowjobs. No, I I teach him how to dance, and I teach him about how to be on time. And here's the big hand. Here's the little hand. Uh, and, words, and, yeah. And I think you would be the one instructing them how to do that. <laughs> I I could I could I could get a like sexy drill sergeant uniform. I'm thinking more like uh, Austin Powers, like I'd be Dr. Evil and you'd be the the Hitler woman who yells and has a cropping whip or whipping crop. You call that a blowjob, you maggot. I can do that. I can yell that all day. You know what? I think we'll just start with basics, like showing up on time, not being fat, not having debt, not having other men's children. We'll just start with those four things, and that will be the bachelor's program. The master's program will get into being nice, majoring in STEM, <clears throat> um, having your own house, and the doctoral program I'm not even going to bother with because there wouldn't be enough students. Uh, we're just not going to Hey, John, what, it's good to see you. you finally get out of work. Yeah, so I, you know, I, you didn't, you didn't send me a time with this, <laughs> Cappy. Your your communications are are extremely, you know, uh, uh, shitty. What, what do you say, Kurt Terrace? Uh, you know, would you like to be on a hangout tomorrow? That's just. <laughs> that's well, well no, didn't didn't I send you a twit a Twitter or something? You got you got the you got the login right. Oh yeah, no, you sent it to me, but you didn't say like any time. What's it going to be about? Who's going to be on? Oh, it? but you you said you weren't going to be uh, available until later on this afternoon, right? Right, yeah. I thought we'd be done by this. I'm glad to have you on, though. I just I, I thought we'd be done by this time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how guy, how long you guys were on, but I just I saw it. I had to finish up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the, for those who don't know, I'm on the uh, the left coast, so it's 140-something uh, over here. So, um, yeah, I had stuff I had to do. Yeah. All right. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, 
Yeah, but we're, we're going to probably end it here. So, uh, anyway, well, thanks guys for having you on. Uh, like I said, this will be a, at least a monthly regular thing. I'm going to try and do it weekly. Uh, more details will be coming out once I get the older brother website up. We will be having the dating service. You will pay me your firstborn son in cash, though. Sell to slave traders. I don't want your actual kid. Have a kid, sell it, then give me the money. And, uh, that's it. If you guys want to check me out at assholeconsulting.com and uh, buy my books at amazon.com. We'll see you guys later. Toodles. Thank you.